Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Get healthcare for your team, submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you will have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait and sign up today at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome to Broker to Broker, uh, brought to you by AIM. Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today I have my good friend, Janine Kempfer, right? Is that how I say it? You got it, Kempfer. Nice. President of Prime Mortgage LLC. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. We Like I was just saying before this, we got to meet kind of briefly on the beaches of, of Miami Beach, right? Um, which That's was great. a great time. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, great event. Now, did you did you win an award too? Am I right in saying I that? I did. I won an award um, in the minority category. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm the guy, and I'm kind of known for this, Janine. Where uh, I go to these events and I kind of shade out and do my own thing sometimes. <laughs> um, so I'm not gonna lie. I was at the gala. It was great. After dinner, the wife and I. You know, left and we. I went to bed at nine thirty that night. You didn't have, go and see the sights in Miami, or are you from Miami? No, no, I'm from Philly, right? So, um, we did go down to uh, South Beach the one day for dinner, which was really cool. Um, but we got three kids at home. I'm glad to go to sleep by like nine thirty <laughs> ten when I don't have kids with me. You know, hey, so three three so, kids yeah. is a lot. I stopped at one, so I understand. Uh, God bless you. I mean, yeah, we thought it was going to be one, then it turned into two, and then turned into three. But I love them. That's yeah. all I'll say. I'll say about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was cool to uh, meet you, if not briefly, and I'm glad to get to know you more today. After I was doing a little bit more research on you, Janine, I got pretty pumped up for this conversation um, because you're not like the typical loan officer, right? Like you've built companies. Um, and that's what the broker world's kind of turned into. Like there's a lot of entrepreneurs doing, people are doing other things besides just mortgages, right? I started as a loan officer. Now I own the company and now I'm starting to dabble in some other things as well. Right. And so I'm really pumped for this convo because I'm, I mean, selfishly, I do this podcast so I can learn too. Right. So, um, really pumped for this. So what I would love is you've been in this game, right? For like 23 years, 25 years, right? Am I right? 25 plus years. 25 plus. So if we're going off the 25, that would make me about 14 when you started. You know, I was 14. I I was only two when I started. So (laughs) I'm loving this. I'm loving it. You were born that way. I love it. Um, But if you could, if you could take us back. And, and kind of bring us up to date a bit. I'd love to know how your mind works with why you got into this and kind of take us on the journey. I'd love to hear it. Sure. Well, you know, 
I don't know very many people that said when they were young that they aspired to be a mortgage broker. Well, no. And <laughs> I'm no exception to that. And mm -hmm. actually, um, I, I started really young. I knew at a young age it was important to own property. So I actually bought my first house when I was 20 years old. Nice. It was a condo. And then I, I kind of upgraded twice and then I got divorced and found myself back into an apartment. And I said, okay, you know, this is temporary and I'll get back to home ownership. Well, three years later, I was still in an apartment with my son and I just couldn't figure it out, figure out how mm -hmm. to save money or anything. And um, mm -hmm. I, I met someone, a real, a real estate broker, who said, hey, well, why don't you get your real estate license and uh, use your commission as your down payment? And uh, back then you could do that. You can't do that now, but back mm -hmm. then you could. And so I said, hey, great idea. And about a month and a half later, I said, okay, now what? And he's like, wow, you you actually did that? And <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. So cool. Uh, while I was in school, I, I had a friend who uh, got married and they needed a house. So while I was um, studying, I was showing them houses. And two days later, I had my first closing after I got my license and mm -hmm. made about $5,000. And I was like, hey, huh, yeah. I kind of like this. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, and then the I was still working in corporate America, so I'm doing it on the side. And then yeah. my next deal my clients needed a house and a mortgage. And again, this was a long time ago, but back mm -hmm. then you could kind of roll out of bed and be a mortgage uh, originator. So yeah, right. <laughs> somehow I figured out how to do their mortgage and I had an even better paycheck. And I thought, wow, you know, I kind of enjoyed the work and I really mm -hmm. liked the money. And uh, that's how I got started in the industry. <laughs> Nice. Okay. So um, uh, what I heard from you, and this is, I try to get kind of deep on these sometimes is you're making good, it was good money, but you were kind of doing it because you kind of liked it first, right? You kind of have to like what you're doing. Um, mortgages and real estate can really burn you out sometimes. So getting into it, you got to kind of like it a bit, right? Um, and the money comes along with it. So if you're starting to get into this, make sure you kind of like it a little bit. Don't do it for the money. Am I right in saying that? A bit you know it, it was even more than that you know okay. the money was great but what it, what it really uh did for me is it helped me change my my living situation i really wanted something better for myself and and even more so for my son i have a a special needs son mm -hmm. and um i just i wanted to provide the best environment for him possible and mm -hmm. so really more than anything that that's what I enjoyed. And then just being able to be a part of someone who's just getting married and, and being a part of their experience and starting their lives together. Yeah. It was fun. I really enjoyed all that. And, you know, with all that, the, the income was great because I was a, a single mom. I needed that income. So it just, it just hit a lot of different buttons for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've talked to a lot of people on this uh, and, and we've always said like, you can make this business. Um, you can have it all in this business because you're dealing with the regular person. There's a lot of joy, like you said, helping people out and you can make some money. Like you can have it all. It can't just be like, I'm just going to go through pain to make money. 
No, right. you can have some fun with it. You can do what you love. You can help people out and make money. So that's what I love about the industry, right? Um, so anyway, so you were, what? and where is this? What state are you in to put in perspective? Uh, I'm in Colorado, state? Denver okay. metro area. And that's where you started, same area? You've been there the yes. whole time? Okay. Yes. All right, cool. That I want to put in perspective. So back then you were selling houses and you were figuring out how to do the loan as well, right? Yes. And then which one were you doing more of? Were you just only focused on doing them both at the same time? No, I actually did both for 15 years from there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So 15 years. Wow. I, um, I started with um, those two deals I told you about. And then um, I was working, I got so busy. I also had my regular job. I was, I was mm -hmm. working for corporate America mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I got so busy. I, I had to decide, you know, which one I was going to do. And at the time they were laying off at my corporate job. So mm -hmm. I, I, I volunteered to uh, say, Hey, you know, I, you know, if you need to lay somebody off, um, take me. Okay. So they did. And I just took it from there. I, I, did both. And the nice thing about it is I found people in the same situation I was in when I needed to buy a house, people who had just gone through a divorce or couldn't mm -hmm. save money or, you know, just needed help and maneuvering through the whole process. Mm -hmm. So it was a really nice run for me. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, if we break it back, if we go back to what I was saying about the mindset a bit, I'm sure you were a bit nervous leaving a corporate job, right? You have that oh. stability. That was a tough decision, right? Now you're going all into a fully commissioned on your all on your back type career. So could you talk a little bit about that, leaving that corporate America? Because a lot of people getting in our industry, that, that's a nervous thing. I mean, that's a big thing. It was. You know, I, I was uh, at that company for 10 years, and it was very secure. I mean, mm -hmm. I had benefits. I... I got paid well enough, you know, and um, I had a lot of great friends who are still friends to this day. Um, and and that does give you a, a lot of, of comfort. Mm -hmm. But I, I realized that I was limited by what mm -hmm. they wanted to pay me. Mm -hmm. And I needed a lot more money than than they thought I did. <laughs> so, right, right, right. you know. It was scary because my son has, um, you know, he's had a lot of brain operations. Mm -hmm. And so that um, medical coverage was really important and it could have been a crutch for me, but mm -hmm. he also, not only did he need that, he also needed me. He needed my time and my flexibility mm -hmm. and I needed to be able to um, take care of the whole picture, not just one thing. So. I just bet on myself and, and I, I felt like uh, the real estate and mortgage industry, uh, you know, the upside was incredible. So mm -hmm. I just took a chance. I mean, I could, I felt like I could always go back and get a job if I needed to. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just felt like this was a better opportunity. Yeah. So it's it, um, safe to assume that you don't regret leaving that job, but even though you lost some friends, maybe you still have the friends, but. You don't regret that, right? I, I don't regret it. As a matter of fact, when I resigned or whatever you want to call it, my uh, manager at the time kind of got teary eyed and he said, you know, 
I've been here for 25 years and I wish I had the guts to do what you're doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he wished me luck and we're still friends to this day. Yeah, that that's cool. And I, I, have you done any loans or helped anyone buy houses from that company? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure you're right. I nailed that one too. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the story all the time, like, and I'm really going back mindset, entrepreneur type thing. You got to take a risk. You got to bet on yourself at some point. Um, like you said, what's the worst that could happen? I go back to what I had anyway. You would have been okay. Right. Right. So I think people get paralyzed sometimes and not taking that risk because there's so much upside, like you said, but that is, I'm making a note here it, it, to help other people out. It is scary. I get it. But usually it works out when you bet on yourself, you know, oh, I, yeah. it almost always works out for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there weren't, you know, some sure. of this going on, but it makes, you know, I feel like it makes you work harder. Today's episode is brought to you by Remen Wholesale. Expand your market with Remen Wholesale's renovation and non-QM lending products. Both renovation and non-QM can make and save deals. Remen Wholesale provides the knowledge, expertise, and complete support needed to get renovation and non-QM loans to the finish line. Let Remen help you close more deals. Get connected today by logging into AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. We were just talking about, it was about 15 years, right? You were doing both real estate, mortgage. So you took us to 15 years. You've been doing this about 25. So what happened after that? Where'd you go after that first 15 years? Well, somewhere around there, the crash happened. Uh-huh. Okay. And you know, uh, licensing came along and mm -hmm. in Colorado. So the market just started to get a little funny. So mm -hmm. I don't know the, the correct uh, chronological timing of all this, but in the, in the last uh, 25 plus years, I've also been an account executive. So I went to work oh, okay. on the wholesale side for a while. Um, I actually did that a little bit um, during the subprime days. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I helped a lot of brokers figure out their loans, which was really handy for me because it forced me to learn the the guidelines mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. just how broker shops work. So that's mm -hmm. where I got my first taste of the broker world. Okay. Um, and then, you know, right in the middle of the crash, um, I worked for loss mitigation and I help people get modifications on their, cool. on their homes. Mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. one of the people that said, okay, let's approve everybody. We need to get, we need to help. <laughs> help. Yeah, you've so, done it all. You've been you know, in every aspect of this business. It seems like, but take oh, yeah, me on your journey. Yeah. Take me on your journey. I want to hear it. Yeah. So then I, um, in the middle of all that, I also owned a franchise. Okay. So my, the reason I got into uh, franchising, well, the, my very first uh, step into that was when I was doing um, real estate and mortgages, I wanted to help everybody. And of course, mm -hmm. there were people that I couldn't help and I, I just felt badly about it. And mm -hmm. so I found a franchise company that uh, was a lease to own franchise. Okay. So I thought it was perfect. Like, well, now I can help everybody if, if mm -hmm. you're not ready if it's because of your credit or you don't have mm -hmm. enough for a down payment or whatever the reason was then uh, my franchise would go in and buy the house and do a lease to own option 
cool. and um, you know set up a contract for a future date that would give the the person time to get things straightened out and then they would mm -hmm. buy the house. Um, so the nice thing about it is um, a lot of the houses were new built, so they were involved with building the house and oh, becoming cool. attached to the house. So it was their house. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. it was a great opportunity to continue to help people on a broader scale and also uh, give me the opportunity to learn about franchising. All right, cool. So, all right. So I saw that on my list of things to ask you about the franchising, right? So you actually bought a franchise, right? You yes. didn't franchise your company, right? You actually bought a franchise, right? That's correct. Okay. And then this franchise was, like you said, buying houses, people weren't ready, lease to own, that type of thing. That was the main thing. Now, do you still have any part of that anymore? No, okay. I don't. Um, with the change in that market, this all happened during the crash. And so mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't last as long as I would have liked it to, but we did some good when we could. Okay. Um, and then fast forward several more years, my, my husband's background is in franchising. So okay. that's where that's where I met my husband. Cool. <laughs> so um he was selling a really hot franchise called um, Snap Fitness. It was a yeah, a, I know like, Snap Fitness. Yeah, there's some out here in Philly. In Philly, I was a member of one, and then I was the guy that doesn't go back to the gym, so yeah. I don't do it. But I know you, Snap Fitness. Yeah. You probably didn't cancel your membership either. You probably, probably paid not. For it. I'm probably still paying for it, but either way. <laughs> uh, well. My husband and I are both uh, tri triathletes, and uh -huh. this, we yeah. just thought this was a great, you know, match for us. Mm -hmm. So while the mortgage business was kind of going through its bumpy phase, I, I did I never got out of the mortgage business, but I also um, ran that Snap Fitness. I was a general manager and uh, did a lot of hiring and um, you know just running the business. But also it was, gosh, if if that was all I ever did, I would be in heaven. I just okay. loved huh? seeing people come in kind of, you know, nervous mm -hmm. about what to do and helping them and seeing mm -hmm. them, you know, set goals and meet them and just, just really feeling better about themselves mm -hmm. after, you know, spending some time in the gym. So I absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm that guy that that goes in the gym and listen. I'm an I'm an athlete. I, I grew up, you know, everything. But you know, I have a you know, well, my wife had a couple of kids. But you have a couple of kids and <laughs> you get back into it. And you get nervous. Like, what am I supposed to do? I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to be that guy that doesn't. You know, you get self conscious. So that's awesome. And I mean, what I'm hearing is no matter what you're doing, whether it's mortgages, real estate, Snap Fitness, like the the other franchise that you had, it, it, everything's about helping people. Like that's where I see most entrepreneurs and never, it's never about money in the beginning. I'm trying to hammer that home. You got to like it. You got to enjoy helping people. The money just kind of comes. And if you're a true entrepreneur like yourself, sometimes things run its course. You don't own the snap fitness anymore, right? Nope. Yep. So there you go. So nope, had, that, uh -huh. that economic downturn just, I heard it. you know, between that and the big box lifetime fitnesses came in around the corner, uh -huh. but you know, I never look at at um, having to close a business as a failure because right. um, you learn so much. I've learned so much about business and about um, 
how to deal with people and even about myself, you know, how, how do I handle adversity or how do I handle success even? And then if you are seeing some success, how do you build on that and, and make it something more? So it, it's just been a great experience all around. Cool. Okay. So you had the stat fitnesses. I'm, I'm keeping it going with the timeline because I got to get to where you're at right now. So you had that, you still had your mortgage license, right? So take me after, I guess, Snap Fitness. Is that what we're up to? So, yeah. So we we closed Snap Fitness. Uh, I got licensed and um, I I think I went back to being an AE for a little while while the Mm -hmm. business started, you know, just trying to get my head wrapped around the new guidelines and licensing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked as an AE for Bay Equity for a while. Okay. And uh, it was really good. I just have nothing but great things to say about that that team and that organization. And uh, I, that's where I really just got the bug to to get back in on the broker side because I was I was doing a lot of good. I I helped a lot of brokers learn guidelines and how to package their deals and just, mm-hmm. you know, that's when TRID was coming out. And so I, I really got a great education for myself and also just got a kick out of, you know, taking a loan that a broker thought maybe wasn't going anywhere and getting it all the way through underwriting. Um, and then at, at some point I, I said, you know, I, I need to be on the other side of this. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't have any problem going out and finding business and building relationships. And I understand how to put a deal together. So about uh, six years ago, I went and decided to open my own brokerage. Nice. Uh, so that's where Prime Mortgage came from. And that's where we're at right now, right? That's where we are now. I do want to say one thing about the AE thing, like having an AE that knows loans or was a loan officer or whatever. I mean, that's key. I mean, I, I would think a lot of LOs out there would want, you know, someone like yourself being the AE. I just want to bring that up, you know? So I'm sure you were great for all your LOs. You were like them, an like extension of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it helped because I knew I knew what they were going through. I, I, I could mm-hmm. almost hear their fears without them having mm-hmm. to say it. And I knew that they needed, it was important to get those deals closed. The other thing is it was also helpful to have been a realtor because Mm -hmm. I understood you can't just ask for an extension. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that easy. I mean, there's always somebody, you know, there could be a backup offer that's higher or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. Another two deals that are contingent on this one closing. So I think um, looking back, my experience as a realtor as well as um, um, mm-hmm. a, an originator just really even to this day helps tremendously. Yeah. You need that empathy on every side. Like, like you said, just extend it. I've had a, said, just extend. Do you understand? Like I'm in my local community. I tell the real estate agent to extend. There goes my reputation. There goes like, there's so much that can go wrong. So, I mean, that's key. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. Now. All right. So, Six years, around six years, right? Prime Mortgage. Tell us a little bit about how how that's set up right now. Like, are you still an LO? Are you still selling? Like, what's what's the dynamic there? So I started out just solo, just me. Mm-hmm. I did everything. I processed. I, cool. I did it all. 
And uh, then I got a little busy. So I, I got a third party processor mm-hmm. and I got a little busier. So now I have a, an assistant who does everything else. So cool. um, I'm fortunate enough to have an assistant who is my sister. Nice. So when I hired her, I said, I need you to help me with this and anything else I need. I don't even know what it is yet. So, yeah, so that- look. She agreed. So that's, that's where we are. I did um, go on to hire four loan officers in addition to that team. Um, And then I slowly got um, rid of them all. So now at this particular moment, I, it's just me and my two assistants. Uh, I feel you. So um, when I started uh, my shop in 18, uh, it was just me and my younger brother. We're 10 years apart to the day. We know each other. It's so key when you're starting something out to have someone that you know and trust. I mean, it's so big, right? Especially in the mortgage world. So I know that feeling. And I also know the feeling of having LOs and then slowly not having them. (laughs) So I get it. We won't even dive into that right now. Okay, good. You're back. You're back to you and your sister, right? Um, you're just banging out loans, right? I'm assuming you're still out there getting business, um, bringing it in, putting out fires when you have to, running a company, right? It's a lot. It's a lot. But sometimes it's good to bring it back to basics. I'm with you right there. Yes, absolutely. It, and and that's a good way to put it. I mean, you can, it gets to be so much. And I, I didn't realize, well, you know, I brought on these loan officers. That, that was always my plan. But I think I got a little bit ahead of myself in that regard because I didn't realize just how much of me the loan officers needed because they were new. So just getting into the training and all that was a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting it back to basics and really just taking a step back to say, well, what, where do I want to go in this business now after being in it for this many years, you know, what, you know, I, as you see, I really like to help people and Mm -hmm. I want to give back. I feel like anytime you've been doing something this long, you should give back Mm -hmm. and help the next person um, who's coming up and, and make sure they have the same opportunities. So it feels good to, you know, be a little um, streamlined again and Uh really be deliberate about the next steps that I take. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a almost a personal question for me because I'm looking at hiring LOs, but I've been through it and you have to be very careful. So where did you think you, because I've done this too and messed up, where do you think you messed up when you were hiring LOs? Did you get too like, let's go, 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 and you weren't prepared? You weren't deliberate, like you said? What could, How could you help out the other brokers here if they're going to be looking to hire LOs? You know, I, I think you first get your plan together. You know, um, it's one thing to just say, Oh, I want all these LOs, but you know, why, why do you want them? You know, Mm. how is it going to impact your business? Uh, Mm. You know, do you, you know, it sounds nice to say I've got this big team of people, but you know, how is it going to impact you? But even more importantly, what role are you as the broker? What are you, what role will you have? And the team, are you solely going to be there to support and train um, and be Mm non-producing? And um, if so, what does that look like? Or are you going to continue to produce 
And if so, do you have enough time to train and support? Mm -hmm. And it's two mm -hmm. different things. Um, the mistake I made is I didn't think that through. You know, I, I mm -hmm. always wanted to help everybody get a deal done and make sure they understood the guidelines. But mm -hmm. this is a this is a hard business to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time. You're going to make mistakes. You have to be able to absorb those mistakes and keep mm -hmm. moving on. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would say the mistake I made is I didn't I didn't know all that going into it and I didn't plan for how much time it was going to take away from me producing my own business. Mm -hmm. And I also um, honestly don't know if I had enough skill to give the training that was needed in the way mm -hmm. that it was needed for those loan officers. Yeah. I mean, like we know in this business, it takes a couple of years for it to click. I don't know. There's no training out there, in my opinion. I've looked at it all. You can you can do scenarios, this or that, but it's got to click somewhere. It just yeah. Does. And I, I think I was I was trying to force something that wasn't working. I mean, you either are cut out for this business or you're not. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. the sooner everybody figures that out, the better it is. Not that it's easy for those who of us who are cut out for it. It's not. But yeah. You know, it takes a lot of heart to, to do this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I said I wouldn't talk about that, and then we did, so I'll get by this. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I know you had brought up earlier with Snap Fitness, uh, you and your your husband, you said, are triathletes, right? Um, yes. I'm not a triathlete, so but I've <laughs> seen it. Um, how is that, now that you're back to streamlining, I get it, but you do have your, your sister. I'm sure you have to lead a bit more, right? Like, what have you, how have you implemented what you've done being a triathlete into your business? Uh, that could be a tough question, but there's leadership there, perseverance. There's a lot of things there. You know, um, doing triathlons, uh, that is a very individual sport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you really can't blame anybody for anything that went wrong and you can't rely on anybody to take on one aspect of the swimming, biking, running aspect of it. So um, I think anyone who does triathlon in, in you know, any level mm -hmm. has to have an inner drive. Mm -hmm. uh, so with, with that, you have to be able to kind of visualize the finish line and understand why you're doing what you're doing because it's not easy and it takes a lot of dedication and hard work and training and eating right um, um and i think that's the same with leadership any anything that you're leading yourself or a team to do you need to have vision and you need to be able to say this is these are the steps that we need to take to mm -hmm. get across the finish line Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I see a lot of similarities in doing triathlon uh, as I do um, in business. Like I said, that's where I went wrong when I, I um, added to my team. I didn't have that vision. So it's a lesson sometimes that you have to learn more than once to get it right. Oh, yeah. Like we said, like it, I failed plenty of times as well. And you, you're not, you can't be scared to fail. It's going to happen, right? And you have to learn. What do they say? You either win or you learn, right? I mean, that's right. kind of cliche, but that's legit, right? 
especially right. being an entrepreneur. And every LO is kind of their own mini entrepreneur. I've always said that you have your own business. Whether you work for a company or not, you are your own little business. So it makes Absolutely. total sense. Now, I did want to bring up, we have about 10, 15 minutes left, right? Now, I'm sure this is probably hard for you over the years, right? But like you're an African-American woman broker owner, right? Let's be honest. There's not a lot of them out there, right? And I'm right. sure we all do want to see more of that. Um has that been tough for you? I mean, I'm a white male. I have no idea, right? <laughs> so I'm sure it probably has. Um, so has it been tough for you? And then how can there be more of people like you? Because we all want to see it. You know, yes, it, it has in in some ways been tough. Um, the, you know, I, I would say the, the first thing is there, there are, since there aren't a lot of uh, Black female mortgage brokers out there, I really yes. didn't have um, anyone to mentor me or look up to or okay. go to, to learn the business. So starting out was tough. It's not to say I didn't have people to lean on. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. did learn the business, but there are certain nuances in, in the um, community and just as a person that isn't highly represented in this industry, um, that make it a little bit harder. Um, I think probably more times than not, I, I felt like I wasn't taken serious seriously sometimes, or, you know, I, I didn't have the level of respect that I felt I mm -hmm. deserved in certain situations. So, you know, you just have to work a, a lot harder and, you know, I feel like I really need to know my stuff and, and have the vision that I just talked about to, to make sure I'm, um, I stay connected to what I want my outcome to be. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool that, um, like you're a part of aim, um, like the award you had mentioned earlier of what you received, that's all well and good awards are great, but I think having you a part of aim now, um, being a leader in aim, now you're that hopefully that representative that could help um, maybe uh, other people like yourself that are looking to do this. Now you can be that person that maybe you didn't have that's like you, right? So yeah, I mean, I, I think part, you know I think there's a there's a few different aspects of this, and you know I, I was uh, fortunate enough along with some other African American uh, broker owners to meet with. Uh, Katie and Mark uh, in Miami to talk about this uh, specifically. Um, and I, I think the reason why it's a little um, hard to pinpoint exactly what we need to do to build the number of African-American broker owners and homeowners um, overall mm -hmm. is because uh, we not only um, have low representation in the industry professionally, but we also have a low number of black homeowners in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we talked earlier about all of us, you know, in this industry, most of us didn't grow up saying, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. When you grow up in a community where homeownership numbers are low, mm -hmm and you don't see people in the industry. I mean, you see people are doctors, attorneys, 
you know, football players, whatever it is. But very rarely do you see someone who um, is a loan officer or owns a mortgage company. So mm -hmm. the idea of being a, a broker owner is so far out of focus um, mm -hmm. in the black community, I think, um, mm -hmm. uh, personally, that it takes a lot to even uh, figure out how do we recruit, you know, how do we reach people and first teach about what this industry has to offer, what, what, what it does and what impact do we have in a positive way on, on our community. Um, black home ownership is lower now than it was in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. And I am so passionate about doing something about that because it shouldn't be that way. And um, the only way we're going to fix that is to take a minute to just stop and understand the history mm -hmm. of, you know, blacks and banking and um, some of the discriminatory practices as far as, um, you know, how FHA was structured, who could get loans, redlining, all the things that we hear about, you know, we hear these words, but do we really know what they mean? And mm -hmm. not only what impact uh, they had in the past, but how they are still having an impact today. And so my passion and my um, what drives me today is to make sure people are educated about um, you know, all of the things that happened and, and where we are today and what it really will take to make a difference. So, so that's where I am now. Yeah, very, very well said. Um, I spoke earlier this week on a broker to broker podcast with, uh, uh, with my man, DC Terry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you've spoken with him, if he was a part of what you were talking about Miami. Yes, um, he was. But a lot of the same things I was, uh, if you listen to the other one, I was honestly shocked that I had no idea that home ownership um, uh, for minorities, African-Americans was on the down downturn. It was on decline. And then I, I don't like we can go back FHA and the things that were put in a place that seemed like it was made to help, but it really didn't. So there's I mean, there's so much it's so complex, right? Um, from what I'm learning with this, honestly. And like you said, it is about education, but it's not, it's also just not that simple of throwing education out there. Like you said, it has to be, we have to stop a second and kind of reset some things. I, I mean, that's what I learned from what you're saying and what uh, DC was saying as well. I'm getting a lot of the same feedback and I was honestly shocked by it. I had no yeah. idea. So now I'm doing my research and learning about it. And that's where it's, it's kind of have to start, I guess, right? Yeah, and forward. you know, when we say education, that's even a broad term. That's what because, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, it's not just education for someone like yourself who's a white mm -hmm. male who just, mm -hmm. you know, how would you learn it? You know, it, it doesn't right. really cross your radar unless we, mm -hmm. we're having conversations like this. Mm -hmm. But also education within the black community or minority communities, mm -hmm. you know, why is it, important to be a homeowner what does that do for you um there is a lot of um i would say a lack of um hope for for people in the community for a lot of different reasons but it could be anywhere from you are a mortgage ready person you've got great credit you've got a good job um you want to buy a house but you've been turned down 
unfairly. And so there's the apathy of, well, why should I even try? Because, you know, I'm just going to get turned yeah. down or someone who wants to refinance their appraised value comes in low because of the color of their skin. Mm. Um, or, you know, maybe no one in your family has ever owned a home and you have no idea what impact owning a home will have on building wealth for your family um, so that you can use that money to pay for school or buy a business, buy a franchise or, mm -hmm. you know, buy uh, additional investment properties. So the education is broad, um, mm -hmm. but I believe um, with a concerted effort that we can start there and then just, you know, pick one or two things at a time and just really go after them so that we see a positive change and make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope, um, like I said, yourself and DC really opened my eyes to, to some things. And, um, I, I really hope you DC, whoever else is with aim and with aim, with having the, the pool that they have now in DC, like, and with some lobbying, like, this is stuff, like, I'm not a smart guy, but I'm seeing this. I'm like, this seems like going hopefully in the right direction. So I really hope, um, and I'm looking forward to see um, what you guys have in store. I, I think it's, now's the time, right? I mean, why not? Yeah, you know? now's the time. No time like the present. And no, we've, I'm with you. We've, I think we do have um, more attention being focused on this because the numbers are moving in the wrong direction. And I just get so much positive feedback from uh, people in the broker channel mm -hmm. who want to be involved to make a difference. So I think it's a great place to start. Cool. Well, I got your back when that happens and I, I hope it pushed forward. You know, that's all I can say. Um, we have about 10 minutes or so. We try to keep this in that 45 minute because people's brains go everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, so I always have two questions towards the end. Right. Um, with the first one being, what are one or two things that you can take this wherever you want to go? Um, one or two things you would tell maybe a new LO, a new broker owner, um, someone trying to reinvent themselves, uh, maybe someone that had a snap fitness or a franchise and they're done with that. They're moving on to that next thing. What's one or two things you could tell them to maybe motivate them? Um, Get your vision in place and don't let any, anything stop you from mm -hmm. reaching your goal. Mm -hmm. You know, things are going to be hard and they're going to, they're, you know, they're going to go up and down. But if you really have in your heart what you're trying to accomplish, nothing can stop you. Mm -hmm. And it's specifically in this industry, like we said, it's, it's a hard business to learn. But if you if you can see what the benefits are, you know, take the time to learn it, work hard, you know, make the commitment to do whatever it takes to to get to the to the finish line, because without that, you're not going to be any further than you are today. So like we like we said earlier, why not give it a shot? Go all in you know, believe because it doesn't work out. You just could go back to where you were anyway. So exactly. what do you lose, you know? Uh, so well said. Um, and then the last question I have is the next two or three years, our industry is changing both in real estate and mortgage. 
Where do you see the industry in the next two or three years? You know, I, I see that we will still need mortgage professionals and real estate professionals. Um, it, it's a complex industry. So even more so now than ever, I feel like um, we're going to need very highly trained um, individuals such as ourselves to help people navigate through all the guidelines and the changes that we're seeing, you know, that are, are affected by everything. They're affected by politics and, you know, business and war and pandemics. So I think um, in the next couple of years, it's just going to be more of the same. I think um, real estate, I don't think we're going to, you know, have a, you know, situation where the bubble burst or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, here in Denver, prices are going crazy, but I don't see that, you know, we're going to lose any value or anything like that. I do think it might cool off a little bit, but I think it's still going to remain um, a great business to be a part of. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Um, My thoughts exactly. Uh, when I started doing the broker broker a couple years ago, it was a time when there's a lot of technology coming in. People are getting a bit nervous, right? Um, but now we've come a, a couple years and I'm the same way. Like, I don't think anything's changing. We still will be good. You use technology to free up some space for, for people like us to give our best to the client. Um, yeah, that's I mean, I use technology. Yeah. Technology is great. And I think it helps all of us in, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when you think about how people have access to information, you know, everybody's, you know, Googling the answer to their, mm -hmm. their, their questions. I think that only makes us better. We have yeah. to be better. We have mm -hmm. to have a better answer than what somebody can Google. Yeah. You know, we, we have to have the second and third level answer and pull it all together into a very personalized, customized um, solution for each one of our clients. So, I am really excited um, where I am in this business and where we all are and what the opportunities um, will be in the future for us. Nice. Well, thank you, Janine. It was good to speak with you. Um, of course, if you need anything, hit me up. I hope I can hit you up if I have any questions. Absolutely. Um, I hope you have a great day. It was great talking with you. Yeah, and it was nice to meet you in person in Miami. Yep, no doubt. That was fun. I'll see you at the next one, maybe. Vegas, yeah. maybe? Thanks so much. Take Thanks, care. Green. Later. Bye-bye. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Get healthcare for your team, submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you will have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait and sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.